hit me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind a redwood curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Chats, the original comedy soundcast soundcast featuring interviews from comedy... Soundcasts. Comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And here's your host from up the coast, practically unknown outside of comedy soundcast soundcasting, Tyson Saluton, estes me, Tyson Sainer, your host for the duration of this Chats episode of Suckatash, the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast. Thank you for joining us. I really have got a rare treat for you folks. Some of you may have seen the thumbnail for this episode and know what's coming, but for those of you who may have possibly downloaded this episode or otherwise added it to your queue without looking at it, first, seriously, thank you. And second, our guest is none other than television personality, musician, songwriter, filmmaker, and first-year winner of MTV's Wannabe a VJ, Jesse Camp. A couple months ago, Mr. Camp was on two episodes of the Soundcast Harmontown, which I recently had a chance to catch up on, and he had such a positive attitude about life I felt compelled to reach out to him. Some of you might recall that Jesse was reported to have gone missing for about a week around the middle of 2018, and I'm telling you that here because we don't really talk about it very much, if at all, in this chat. He went into great detail on those aforementioned episodes of Harmontown, so you can listen to that story there if you were to desire to do so. For the most part, we talked about the present and the future. In fact, there will most likely be a part two released sometime after this because we did have a pretty interesting time together on the phone. We've also got another triple shot of raging moderate Will Durst Bursa Durst segment, as well as selected readings from our fake sponsor with 100% real website TrumPoetry.com. Okay, let's dig in. Before we get to the interview, we're going to start with our first burst of Durst for the show from June 6th, 2019. Imagine if Obama in which our intrepid correspondent lets loose with some pent-up frustrations. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about how the Republican Party's attitude towards the presidency has changed in the past three years. Can you even imagine how they would have reacted if Barack Hussein Obama had saluted a North Korean general or neglected to lay a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier on Memorial Day because it was raining? They would have become so apoplectic they'd need plastic spit bibs to keep from ruining their $5,000 suits. These are the same people who went ballistic for a week when Obama wore a beige suit. Imagine him claiming he had fallen in love with Kim Jong-un after the two had exchanged beautiful letters or took the word of Vladimir Putin over our intelligence agencies. There would have been so many congressional committees convened, the paperwork alone would have denuded the entire redwood forest north of San Francisco. And if Obama's personal lawyer and campaign manager were both sentenced to prison for activities on his behest, at least half of the Fox News anchors would need to be hospitalized because of the blood pouring out of their ears like spigots on a sprinkler system. Or what if Obama paid $130,000 in hush money to cover up an affair with a porn star while his third wife was pregnant? Or Michelle had posed for nude photos? They wouldn't have impeached him. They would have burned him at the stake and then scattered his ashes over the south side of Chicago. And if Obama had attacked a war hero like John McCain or sucked up to Vladimir Putin so hard he left hickeys the size of manhole covers, the same result. And, and, if the first black president had stalked a white woman around the debate stage like Donald Trump did Hillary Clinton, forget the stake. 
we'd be talking about a rope and a tree. For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Get a rope. Thank you, Will Durst. All right, let's get into our interview with Jesse Camp. All right. So, thank you, by the way, for uh, uh, agreeing to this. Of course, Tyson. A couple couple uh, ground rules here. First off, my name is Jeremy Stubin. I am, of course, Jesse's uh, menstrual maestro, and uh, I am his personal bodyguard. And also, uh, you know, when he's uh, too uh, too licking up to finish the job, I'm often substituted in to do uh, whatever needs to be done. And um, just uh, hold on, I'm just adjusting Mr. Camp's pod piece, and then we're gonna throw him on the line. Okay. Uh, hey. Will do, Mr. Stevens. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, I I appreciate the delicacy of the situation. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jason. Liz, I'll let you in on a, on a secret. I, I was uh, the other voice you heard before I got on the phone. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that, that is impressive. Spoiler. I, I understand. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you, sir? How's, uh, how's life? How's uh, things? Things are, you know what? I'm going to put things in the great category. Things are really good. Um you know, um, yeah, things are really, really coming together. Um, I am uh, back in New York for a little bit, and um, right now working. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, um, well, thank you for calling yeah. me so early in the morning. I didn't realize there was that time difference going on at the moment. Listen, it's it's it's, it's not even one a.m. yet. True, true. There is that. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm plus I've been doing bath salts all day, so really time is 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 not really an important thing or even a tangible concept for me. Perfect. Uh, so you're in New York. Why did why were you saying before I so rudely cut you off? What, uh, what did you cut off? I thought. Oh, uh, uh, I accidentally uh, broke into it. You were explaining why you're in New York. Oh yeah, no, I'm here because um, I work for. Well, when I'm in California, uh, I work for a male escort agency called Dr. Don's, and it's um, it's really cool. It's the Asian-owned uh, escort male escort service, and I am one of their exotic escorts. And so um, Dr. Don's is opening up um, a New York chapter, and so they uh, sent me out here to uh, suck some of the... Uh, the the nicest uh, Asian penises on the East Coast, and listen, I'm 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 more than happy to do it. You know, um, I am making that all up, and I hope that was not offensive. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I'm I'm here. Um, uh, all part of the crazy saga. I know. Um, I was talking about it on Harmontown, but um, yes. you know, uh, I uh, I work. My sister's kind of always been, you know, uh, my creative partner, and we were working on, a, on on our own series for a long time, and then we ran into some friction and some stuff, and then that kind of derailed me and led me on some crazy shit. But um, we we kind of, you know, we hatched up a lot of our differences, and uh, we've been working really hard full force on uh, on editing a lot of stuff. And um, it's great to hear. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and um, so. In the broadest sense, it's kind of like a um, uh, an interview 
show with comedy segments and kind of, um, you know, uh, just uh, uh, a whole hodgepodge of, uh, of, of kind of crazy craziness, you know, with special celebrity guests here and there. Very cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and you, know, you know, we're making it, um, I mean, uh, just for ourselves, and, and we'll put it out, you know, on uh, on YouTube, but it's... Uh, it's it's a it's a good thing and um I'm uh I don't you know what, I mean my sister and I, I guess we're kinda almost like the uh the Oasis brothers with way less talent and, you know, uh without the amazing British accent. I see. I mean I don't I've never heard uh um what your sister has uh, created before, but I've heard uh things you've created before and I certainly wouldn't say you're without talent. Thank you, thank you. Uh, 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 minimal talent, but enough talent to uh, enough talent to um, be doing cameo. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, did, I actually am not on cameo. Right, right. I, I'm really also very happy for you that you've got this other possible thing going on that uh, involves character work because that's always fun. Yes. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. it. Yeah. Anything. Anything creative is. Um, you know, it, it, it's like life. You're not really living life unless you're you're being creative in some way. I mean, all all human beings, you know. And and um, mm-hmm. I just saw like this, um, you know. And I, I'm a huge, giant, giant uh, fan of comedy. And and um, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I just saw this um, uh, like a last week tonight, like the John Oliver show, all about um, the Amazon warehouses and stuff. And, oh, haven't seen that um, one yet. You know, like, and, and that's really kind of, um, I don't know, you know, Tyson, not to get serious and kind of veer from that, but I mean, it, it's, fine. it's, it's, it's crazy, like, the time era that we're living now, because it really does feel like, um, like a gilded age is happening again. And, and by that, I, I'm referring to, like, you know, the, uh, the late, um, 19th century, no, the late, yeah, the late, you know, like the late 1800s and, and early 1900s, you know, before the New Deal and all that went. The, um, you know, America was just so, you know, uh, the haves and the have-nots. And I'm not trying to sound like, you know, AOC or Bernie or like, you know, Mr. Progressive, but it's just, it, it really is crazy um, just uh, just the, uh, how, you know, the wealth in this country, I mean, how, you know, how things have gone since 2008, mm-hmm. you know, uh, since, since then, how it's just, you know, uh, how so much... This is the point I'm trying to make is that it, it, that creativity is everything because it's, it, uh, you know, like the, the majority of, 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 of people in this country have to do something mm-hmm. that makes them miserable, you know, in some way or another just to kind of make it through versus, you know, just, um, you know, you have the other side of things where you have such insane extreme wealth and, oh, yeah. I don't know. What's well, like, know, and, and, um, I, I, I didn't totally didn't mean to go on a tangent there that I, I couldn't finish. But wh- what I guess I'm trying to say is that, you know, um, that anything that involves being creative or, or having fun, um, you know, is, is, is just, uh, is, is the reason why any of us, you know, you, me and everyone on the planet, you know, we go through the bullshit of, you know, like, uh, uh taking the time to create you know, something. That we, that, yeah, exactly. You know, and like when I was talking about like Mr. Dong's, you know what I mean? Like, sure, like, you know, 
I, I like to suck Asian cock, you know, I mean, as far as making a living, but it's not what fulfills me. You know, having fun and, 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 and character work, that's the fulfilling part. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, uh, sometimes I'll make a piece of music uh, or audio just because I want to know what it will sound like when it's done. Yeah. Like, yeah. like the one that uh, I did one, uh, I hate to blow my own whistle as it were, but actually there's one that was um, called Kashmi Asai Haba Da, which was um, actually with audio of Andy Dick from his podcast Skull Juice that he did with, I don't know if he still does it, but with Dino Stamatopoulos. Oh, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And so he was just talking on in the studio in one of the shows, and it's like I actually remix podcast audio often. Like it's something I've I kind of got a bunch of that on my SoundCloud. And uh, I just heard him kind of, you know, singing this this thing that uh, he uh, – you, you know, Daniel Bergoli or whatever is the bad baby, the rapper, girl, the Kashmir Sahab about that girl? Yeah, he, he was quoting it and he was making it into a little song. So he's kind of singing to himself softly and then he's playing the, his slide whistle because, you know, he plays a slide whistle. And I thought, well, you know, I think I could probably remix that into something. So I did. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if he ever uh, got wind of it or not, but um, or approves of it or if he hates it. I have no idea. I don't think he actually knows who I am. So that's fine. So whatever. But <laughs> what, Tyson, I mean, I, what I was going to say is I'm, I mean, I could... Um... Totally, you know, like he was just kind of like in his zone, but like, I mean, I'll definitely um, introduce him to you and, and get, get you all his info. And I'm, I'm, he's super cool. I'm sure oh. that he would, that he'd love to do the podcast as well. It's very and, kind of you. Um, of, oh, it, it ain't nothing. And I was going to say, um, and, um, uh, I mean, we could even call Jeff B. Davis now if you want, or, or really anyone. Really? But I was going to say that, um, I think that, so, so, yeah, so no, I, I'm going to get you in touch with Andy and, and, um, you know, get Andy in your wheelhouse. And what I was going to say too, though, is I think that's, I think that's super cool. And that's a lot of fun to take audio and, um, and play around with it and mm -hmm. kind of remix it and make it into, um, you know, in, into its own thing. I mean, so much of the cool, like, you know, uh, late eighties and, and nineties hip hop, you know, had all kinds of, cool samples in it and that's something that i kind of feel is kind of lacking from hip-hop now is that you know mm. you don't really have like these these cool samples you know like when you'd have um something like dead presidents and they would take audio from old you know black exploitation movies and and you know oh. and things like that and oh so yeah like uh, i um yeah and sampling isaac hayes sorry no no i was gonna say that i'm i'm um i'd love to hear um your, your your SoundCloud stuff and and uh, get more into the of war of Tyson sneer because I am I am I, I I already I got a feeling that that you do really really cool stuff. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, I just I you know try and uh, make stuff that sounds interesting to me as best as I can. So oh okay, so you're talking about doing audio mashups. So at this point, I might actually drop in the recording that you sent me of the thing you did, unless you'd rather not be that not into the up in the show the um. The, the audio mashup that you did? Oh, oh, the, um, the, the, the where Lindsey Buckingham yeah. and Paul Stanley and... Dash, oh, Dash yeah. Radio or something? Oh, that'd be cool. Okay, yeah, so, that's, so I'll drop that, that I'll drop it in, like, that, that, sorry. That, 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 yeah, I, I can't even, um, that's such a perfect segue because I do, I like to, that's how I like to kind of fuck with audio is just, like, take slices 
mm-hmm. or funny things people may say and then pretend like I'm, um, you know, pretend like I'm interviewing them. And oh, yeah. certain people like, like Lindsey Buckingham, like there's so many funny interviews that he does on YouTube where he just says such weird random things that if you take them out of context and like, uh, you could just really play with his words and make him say all kinds of bizarre things. <sighs> Jesse, open the door. Oh shit, you gotta get out of here now. Um, hello everyone, happy Wednesday. It's Jesse, and you're listening to the Monsters of Rock here on, of course, Dash. And yo, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very, very, very special guest in studio. This is my friend, Garland Fredrickson. I want my vehicle. It was towed off a piece of property that I had permission to put it on. I want my property. This is the jail. This is the sheriff's department. It is more corruption, and that's what the gallows is all about. I want my gallows. Garland, um, what are you fucking talking about? I want my gallows. Garland, I don't have your gallows. There's nobody in, and they got my gallows. That's all right. Oh, we're going to keep your gallows because the sheriff's hanging in effigy. My God, I wonder why. All right, I guess it's going to be a weird one today. At least that's how I feel. How about you, Lindsay Buckingham? Is that how you feel? That's how I feel. You are the sky at night. Black and white. Green and blue. That's how I feel. Oh, jeez. I guess all of our favorite characters are coming over today. Paul Stanley, I bet you want a bubble bath. Would you like to take a bubble bath with me? Yes. Yes, I would. Oh, boy. Okay, Lindsay, how about you? Would you like to take a bubble bath? That's how I feel. So, Lindsay, you want to take a bubble bath? I don't know. None of it makes sense to me. All right, well, I brought your uh, rubber ducky in case. Oh, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Lindsay, you love your rubber ducky. That's how I feel about you. Sure, in sort of spurts, though. Girl, you got to change your crazy ways. You hear me? Steven Tyler. Oh, my God. It is out of control. It is literally a zoo. Clown penis. (laughs) Clown like the circus. Penis like your penis. Clown penis. Over and out. Okay, now where was I? Oh, yeah. Jesse, open the door. Jesse Jackson. No, listen, Jesse. Jesse. Jesse, look at me. Jesse. Jesse. Hello, Jesse. Pick up. Jesse. 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 
Jesse, listen. Jesse. Jesse. Jesse! Jesse! Okay, relax. I'm here. Listen, we have got a madhouse here. Oh shit, Dirty Dan is here. Dirty Dan is the new Monsters of Jock morning morning DJ. Yo, uh, Dirty Dan, what's happening? Dirty Dan, what's your show all about? Well, it's called Dirty Dan the Garbage Man in the Morning Wood. And you gotta look out, it's mayhem! That sounds amazing. And, and what's this whole group of people with you? All right, okay, come on it, you guys. All right, let's see. That guy right there is Sherlock Homo. Elementary, my queer Watson. <laughs> this guy right here is our favorite half Vulcan, half gangster rapper, Two Spock. Yo, I just want to say live large and prosper, bitch. <laughs> that guy right there is the man in the can. What's up, Joey Mac? And this sexy lady over here is Andrea with the traffic. Hey, everybody. Hey, man in the can. I'd like to get in your can. Man in the can, get back in that can. All right, I do not know what is happening to the Monsters of Rock station here on Dash, but I do know that we have some rock and roll, some heavy metal hard rock, and we're going to do it for you now. Oh, but look, oh shit, don't touch the plates. I knew that was going to happen. Okay, again, I'm Jesse Camp. Thank you for listening. We're going to have a dope-ass afternoon. And, yo, here's some hard rock on the Monsters of Rock. That's awesome. I love stuff like that. Like, I I'm a, I don't know when exactly it started, but I became a big fan of um, Negative Land uh, around the early 90s. And uh, they used a lot of, uh, you know, found audio and a lot of... Uh, they did a whole album called Dyspepsy, which is a bunch of commercial audio from, from Coke and Pepsi commercials all just mashed up, and they made uh, songs also. So. Oh, you got to send that to me. That sounds amazing. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, you, um, make sure that you, you uh, get me your email at some point, and I will be able to send you as yeah, many, yeah. many links I, as you I like. I emailed you um, uh, something um, tonight, too, um, mm. when, uh, but I was going to say, you know, um, Tyson, have you heard of... Um, a, a guy named uh, Longmont Potion Castle. Longmont Potion Castle. I don't believe oh, I have. He is a genius. He is more of a prank phone call um, guy, but he fucking he you know he's just beyond cranky anchors, beyond any kind of crank crank phone caller. He's just he's he's brilliant. But what he does is he basically kind of like makes. He's been doing it for like 30 years or something, and he makes kind of like these full-length albums that are like uh, like 90 minutes, and and they're these compilations of all these weird crank phone calls he does. But he, um, I mean, he just has like an insane ability to rile people up, and then he does the kind of a similar thing. Like he'll take weird audio from one thing, play it over the phone, nice. so like some dude in the middle of nowhere and just completely get him to, to freak out. And, um, you know, so that's something that you got to check out too. Oh yeah. I'll send you some of it. Longmont, uh, potion castle. I found the Wikipedia page that, that looks, that sounds really entertaining. That, uh, actually it's right up my alley. That and stuff like, uh, Phil Hendry. Remember the Phil Hendry show? Oh, wait, we, we, um, we have, um, Tyson, we have another crazy person calling in. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Hello. You're on Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. 
Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. Hey, are you calling in from the Del Mar, California fairgrounds, and you're at a Trace Atkins concert? Is this correct? I was just at a Trace Atkins concert, and I saw this man. He was a very large man, about as big as Hulk Hogan, maybe bigger. Oh, and by the way, you are on the Tyson Smear podcast. Tyson, what's the name of this podcast? Uh, Succotash, the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast. You're on the Succotash Comedy Podcast Podcast. The Succotash Comedy Podcast Succotash Suffering Succotash. Pretty much. Soul brothers and soul, soul brothers and soul sisters. Yeah. Don't, don't leave Tyson and I hanging here. Like, give us all the details at the Chase Atkins concert. Well, Trace Atkins claims that that Tonky Song Badonkadonk song is the number one played country song at strip clubs. So that is his, I think, largest claim to fame. He did a cover of the Allman Brothers uh, song that wants to rock your cradle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Show you his new tattoo. But Chase Atkins is really huge, right? He's like six foot five. He was on The Apprentice with Donald Trump, I think. You know, that's why I'm a fan. I mean, that's where I fell. That's where I fell for Chase Atkins and, you know, became a, a real fanatic. When I saw him get fired, I knew that that was my dude. But he also, I think, is like a crazy, I mean, he's country performer, but real hardcore alcoholic, like like Randy Travis, like where he like fucking like he gets drunk and like drives into people's houses and shit, right? He might have banged my ex-wife for all I know. I know she said she met him in Nashville. Oh, I hope he did. You know what? My sister fucking like actually made out with Trace Atkins randomly, Marisha. Did she bang Trace Atkins? Trace action, action. <laughs> I think I think that might might have been one of the only like maybe one of the only five uh, sexual partners of her who was not Jewish. She, your sister, hooked up with Trace Atkins. I think so. She told me uh, she was on the Atkins diet. <laughs> She's just eating all protein. <laughs> She's getting that protein shake. Delivered straight into her mouth. And then Tyson had a shot, and he was feeding her like family. <laughs> I mean, Tyson might have, you know, listen, if, if I get the opportunity to get to swallow some of Trace Atkins cum, I will fucking say yes. No, call it. Well, the- I mean, that could, yeah, that might, that might make you feel 10 years younger. It's like collagen in your lips. It's good shit, but. Wait, Tyson and I, Tyson, do you have any Trace Atkins questions for Carl? Uh, sure. Uh, did uh, he make up the word badanka donk or just borrow it? Good question. Hmm. Well, uh, could you repeat the question again? You have, uh, you have a, such a pleasant voice that I, I almost got lulled. I'm, what, 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 what? I'm sorry to have, uh, to have uh, lulled you. Um, it is... Um, did Trace Adkins invent the word badonkadonk or just uh, borrow it because it uh, rhymes well with honky-tonk, I guess, is the more full version of the question I was trying to get, get at. <laughs> it was the full version. There were women dancing. There were kids covering up their ears. There was a fat lady that fell asleep. Hmm. It was a fascinating 
it was a fascinating show. Like uh, the fat lady that fell asleep, was she on stage or no, in the crowd? She was in the crowd. She's actually sitting very near me. I was, I was, I was in the center. I had a, you know, I was, I was on the, I was about on the second level. I had very good seats. Uh, his, his, the players in his band were excellent. They, I have a lot of custom telecaster, custom stratocast. And this is at the San Diego State Fair? San Diego State Fair 2019. Uh, this was a crazy year. All the animals team due to uh, a two-year-old dying last week from exposure and like four other children got sick with the coli. So no Wait, petting what? zoo, no pigs, no cows, no none of that. Oh, my God, that's crazy. And shit, now listen, yeah. so when, when Trace Atkins came, wait, no, that is crazy. So they had to eliminate all the animals because, like, a two-year-old died from E. coli? They, didn't, they, didn't, they sent the animals back to wherever farms they came from and, or to the bacon factory. And, you know, there was no petting zoo. This was, like, probably the only time I've ever been to the fair where there was no animals, no goats, no sheep, nothing to worship. <laughs> what, did the fair smell better as a result or not really? Actually, it was, yeah, it definitely was a lot less stinky, except for, uh, you know, all of the bohemians that were there uh, hanging out. Yeah, and usually Trace Atkins draws a very bohemian crowd. I mean, like, you know, I remember seeing him at Lollapalooza and thinking, wow, he really fits in here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh I never God. saw so many Joe Dirt-looking mofos uh, in a long time. Yeah, you know, I just saw Chase Atkins open up for Mumford and Sons, and I thought, wow, that's a really good pairing. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, and, I, I was. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for letting me be on your show, Tyson. Wait, no, and, no, uh, hold on, Carl. <laughs> we can't let you off. We got to know one thing. Um, and you and you never answered if uh, if if uh, if you, to the best of your knowledge, if Chase Atkins. I don't. I'm thinking that he that he didn't invent the phrase "badonka donk" because most country musicians don't write their own songs. Oh. But um, what I was going to say is that that song. I hope that was the last song of the set because that's like his sweet home out. That's like his free bird. That's like his rock and roll all night, right? That was the second to the last song of his set because what happened was he he closed out on that song, and then he came back for the encore singing the uh, Almond Brothers. Hmm. Let me show you my tattoo. Let me rock your cradle. I'm no angel. Sit, I'm no angel. But I do anal. Yeah. I'm and no angel, but I do let me, let me name my son Elijah Blue. He can grow up to wear women's clothes. Come on, Chance Bono. I know that is yeah. You know what though? I mean, fucking Elijah Blue. That's a cool kid. I mean, shares your mom, your dad's Greg Allman. There's no way you're not coming out cool. Jazz Bono. Eh, I don't know. I mean, no, she's great and a pioneer of transgender. And, and, and no, I respect Chaz Bono. Nothing. I, 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 I'll make out. I'll make out with Chaz right fucking now. I'll make out with Chaz. I'll go shopping at a men's warehouse with Chaz right now. I will take Chaz. On an all-expense-paid trip to the Catalina Wine Mixer. Mm. <laughs> I will get in a hot air balloon made just for two 
with Chaz Bonu any day of the week except Wednesday, because that's when I have my podiatrist appointment. I will take all the Adderall I have, put a scrunchie around my ball bag, and wear an Oakland Raiders jacket, and I will go full cannibal on anybody who disrespects my friend Chaz Bono. <laughs> Uncle, that cannot be beat. That was it right there. That was fucking amazing. Nice. <laughs> hey, but so wait, really quick then. So, by the way, the I'm No Angel is actually not an Allman Brothers song. It's a Greg Allman solo song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was his 80s work, right? Yes, yes. When the Allman Brothers were, like, broken up for tax reasons and stuff. Yeah, this is me, like, making a big mistake here, like, talking about, like, Robbie Robertson shit is, like, some, you know, like, that he made that was in that great Charlie Sheen movie, Beyond the Law. Well, Broken Arrow, that was covered by uh, Rod the Wad Stewart. Who else is going to bring you a broken arrow? Huh. Who else go bring you a bottle of urine? Here we go. When you need a clean urine sample, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's what's amazing about. Uh, yes, that's that's great. Everybody's like saying, "Hey, what's Jesse Camp up to these days?" It's like, well, he's selling clean urine on the side of the road, and uh, yeah, you know, let him. It's if he, it's. If he, it's not so much yeah. on the side of the road as it is I'm by like the overpass of a of a exit that gets a lot of traffic because it's right by a Best Buy. And if you need an eight ball, let them know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, no. Oh no, that's Tom Green. Tom Green. That's actually Tom Green. That's what Tom Green is doing. Yes, Look so up Tom Green. Selling, he is selling yep. illegal illegal drugs. I like to sell what I call pharmaceuticals. And supplements. But if, if you Google, yeah, but if you Google Tom Green selling urine, jars of urine on the side of the road, uh, and that cocaine, really? that was that's actually that that that's actually his shtick. We don't want to we don't want to steal anybody's comedy. We don't want to steal uh, any bits. We don't want to steal any bits that uh, comedy bits that Tom Green originally originated. Uh, you know what a what a pioneer of of. Uh, I didn't like reality. him in the beginning, but I've come to really have a fondness and appreciation for Tom Green. He's really matured a lot. I know you've you've spent some moments with him. He is cool. He's a cool cat. Very cool. I think I think I think really what it was is that there was just like this weird jealousy that all you know, honestly, everyone wanted to be married to Drew Barrymore when she was you know, I mean, well, she's still in her prime, but you know what I'm saying. So I think there was yeah. She was only half. She was only half lesbian at the time. It was no big deal. I mean, I don't. I think that she basically she kind of had a biological clock ticking thing, and she found like just whatever dude was good enough with her at the time, and had her kids with them. And I don't. I would rather. I would rather make love to her mother, and if her mother's listening right now, she's a big Jade. fan of the Tyson Sneer podcast. Hmm? Which is called Tyson one more time. Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. That's it. It's because it's so many syllables that I, you know, I um, and I have short term memory problems. Perfectly all right. But uh, Carl, you would have sex with Drew Barrymore's mom. Oh, who's the big mom manager way before Chris Jenner? Super hot, Ben Jim Morrison, and used to be on Howard Stern all the time. 
I don't know if she's still hot, but I mean, I'd do it just because, you know, Jay she's hot Barrymore, tonight. right? Like Jade, Jade. something? Jade. Jade yeah. Barrymore. Yeah. She... Made love to Jim Morrison. If you want Jim Morrison's DNA, Jesse Tyson, <laughs> Jade Barrymore is the way to eat it. I'm telling you, don't just stare at it. Uh, I remember she was in the movie uh, Doppelganger that Drew Barrymore was also in. Oh, yes. And she might have been in the movie Hall Pass where I think she was the lady that uh, dude was fake chowing the box and then she kicked him in the face when like Owen Wilson walked hmm. in. <laughs> I have to look out for oh, that Oh, wow. Yeah, my favorite scene in that movie. He's just fake, fake chowing the box. You can YouTube that. It's great. Man, I just saw this movie called The Morning After, but it's not about a Plan B pill. It's about like Dick Van Dyke as an alcoholic in the seventies. It's insane shit too. Oh yeah, Dick Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, you know from Shitty Shitty Bang Bang, and um, I saw him recently in the I saw him in the Mary Poppins sequel recently. He still got he still got those moves. He's got those moves like Adam Levine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Not yeah. like Mick Jagger, but I got those moves like Adam Levine. Oh, my God. Can we just take a minute to talk about what happened at the Super Bowl this year? That was really a case of, like, fucking no one asked for this. You know, like, basically, like, where, like, everyone across America is, like, eating food during the halftime show, and then Adam Levine makes everyone look at his, like, weirdly tattooed chest. Nipples. I tell you. Yeah. yeah, I want to see Janet Jackson's nipples, not his nipples. Right. I mean, but really, that's just such a double-ass standard, and you're right. I mean, I'd much rather see Janet Jackson's anything than Adam Levine's anything. It's just because, here's the thing, it's just like, it, you know, I, I'm sorry, maybe Maroon 5 fans are know that he takes his shirt off a lot, but for the average Joe American, like, Super Bowl fan, it would be like when Tom Petty did the, the, the halftime show, if all of a sudden he started stripping, and you're like, what? No, it's just too free-falling. Well, actually, you know what? I would rather see Tom Petty without a shirt, but I don't think Tom Petty ever did that once in his concert, you know, because his music had some substance. And I'm not saying that people... Are, I, hey, listen, what I'm trying to say is that it's just like this. Is that, that I mean, his tattoos are so weird because they were like piecemeal. If you're going to have that much ink, I think it's better if you have like like giant pieces, like a Nikki Six kind of thing, you know? Hmm. Yeah, he's kind of like a pussy Conor McGregor. Yes, 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 yes. But a lot more yes. touch butt and less karate. Yes, yes. Mm. Mm. Super Bowl I show. couldn't agree more. Um, I got something to admit. I have something to admit, though. Admit it. Well, I was at Kmart a few months back, and I was admiring the ass on one of these male mannequin models, and I was like, looking at the jeans it was wearing, and I was like, fuck, those look like some really cool jeans for, like, Kmart. And I got closer, and it was, like, like two, two, two jeans, fucking Adam Levine jeans. And I was like, oh, my God! And I got, like, really activated, and I got disturbed, and I hated myself, and I started giving myself lashings of punishment because I was so, I felt so guilty uh, for liking the pants, so I didn't buy them. You were, were you like questioning your sexuality, or what was it, or just, or more like aesthetic or taste that you're like, how the fuck could I like something that Adam Levine? Yeah, how could I like something that this this <laughs> jagoff like came up with, and like, does that make me less of a human? And I, I I felt really bad, and then I saw this like 
first ad guitar from far away. I was like, I oh, want a cool guitar. And then, like, it was a Adam Levine guitar, and I, I smashed it right into fucking Walmart. I just, and I, and Wait, I so you had the guitar line at Walmart and the pants line at Kmart? Hmm. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Are you sure that it was a Kmart? Because I thought they went out of business. Could it have been a big lot? There's one here. Kmart's out of business? No, there's, yeah. there's at least one left, and it's in McKinleyville, which is north of Arcata, where I live. Hey, can you tell us, Tyson, a little about your neck of the woods? Because you are in uh, Humboldt County. Carl and I... Carl and I actually met in Sacramento, which is, you know, Northern California, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tell us, are you across the Mendocino County line? Oh, yeah. We're, we're north of that, I believe. We're um, also south of Del Norte County, which is where Crescent City is. Uh, there's about 150 oh. miles or so between, um, between the Oregon border and the beginning of uh, Humboldt County, I believe. So there's, we're but, not, we're not. Were quite, you affected by any of those fires? Or that was more towards um, uh, Redding. Oh well, we uh, there was some there was a lot of fires in in like a, a many years. Uh, the first year we got here, there were fires raging. Uh, first year we got back, rather, I was I, I moved away to Washington for like fifteen years and moved back in the year twenty fifteen, and um, there was big fires happening then, and we got ash from them, and they were uh, that was like out towards I think Willow Creek in that area. Um, you know where um, Bigfoot was sighted in the um, in that famous Patterson Gimli film. Um, ah. Yeah, it's Bigfoot country supposedly, if if one believes in that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, so we we get a lot of bad air when the uh, the fires happen, but uh, we don't certainly don't get the terrible you know fire part uh, that much often. And uh, there's where a lot of people lost a lot of property and uh, stuff in, during some of these most recent ones. So. Fortunately, no, we haven't had major fire cataclysm here yet. Um, it's really close that's to the good. coast. That's very good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a plus. <laughs> hmm. I got no, absolutely. I mean, that's a really such a special part of California. You know, I um, I mean, I got to say that I I try, I've been I, I usually pride myself on on having been to most nooks and crannies in California, but that's one part of the state that I really haven't um. Uh, I mean, because you really have to, you take, you'd have to take the 101 and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, like how far would that be from like, let's say Santa Rosa or something? Oh, only from Santa Rosa? Oh gosh. Um, five or six hours. That's it. It's, it's, okay. it's only... living in the Russian river. Well, the Russian river. I'm, I'm not actually familiar with that. What that, that. Isn't there a river? Isn't there a river in uh, Mendocino that's like uh, called the Russian River? Uh, could be. I, I, I'm not. Uh, we're not that close to it. Oh, I, I can look no, it up. I know what you're thinking about. You're thinking about that salad bar that has like unlimited Russian dressing. <laughs> There's a Russian River Brewing Company. Yes, river in California. It goes through. I can see Santa Rosa. It's near Santa Rosa, and then it heads north, and it is in uh, Sonoma and Mendocino counties. I just uh, googled Wonderful. that. Yeah, it's near Ukiah and whatnot. So it's really only about 300 and ooh, it's less than 400 miles between Arcata and San Francisco. So it's it's actually not a, not hard to get there in like a day or less than a day and then still have time to, uh, you know, find a but hotel your, or Airbnb. The, the driving, though, up, up that way, I mean, is it very mountainous? I know like if you're on the five going into uh, Oregon, I guess, you know, you, um, mm-hmm. you definitely will hit. 
some weird terrain. Yeah, we definitely uh, when we when we would commute back and forth from uh, Washington to Arcata uh, practically every year. There's a stretch of road between Grants Pass and us, uh, basically where it's not. Well, the 101 yet, it's 199, and then it becomes the 101, and there's a lot of mountain road there. We call it, we call it the twisty bits, because it's like you're, you're, you're driving, <laughs> and on one side of you is mountain, and on the other side of you is nothing, except maybe a rail, you know, and, uh, there's a lot of that. It's kind of, kind of cool, if, as long as you're not the one driving and the person who is, is very good at it. So, I've been, I've been fortunate. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but in the 1970s, I guess there was a serial killer mm-hmm. that, um, what he, what he did is he basically, um, he took the 101 north of San Francisco and he, um, they called him the Myers Flat Killer. Oh, wow. That was the most gory one, but basically he got on the 101 and, um, the first person he killed was in Garberville. Then he killed someone in, uh, Redway. And then uh-huh. he um, killed someone in Myers Flat, then one in uh, Redcrest, and then someone in Scotia, Rio Dell, uh, Fortuna, uh-huh. uh, Loletta, mm-hmm. and then mm. uh, then he killed someone in Eureka. Oh, he wow. went to Samoa, then he went back to Arcata, your town, then he went down to Bayside, and then he went up to McKinleyville, and that's where they finally caught him. Uh, and um, Holy he was crap. drowning someone in the Mad River. Oh wow! That's... Yeah, but you know what the great thing about that guy was is he came up with eight minute abs. Yes, Jesus. yes. He um, a lot of people didn't put two and two together, but that that famous serial killer he came out with um, when he made when he came out with eight minute abs. They didn't have VHS yet, but they did have Beta. Max. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're thinking Gouda, but it's fucking monster time, baby. That's a good as well. That's a... Hey, you know, I mean, he was plotting his final killing in Trinidad, but he never made it up there. Wow, yeah. That's he old. just only got as far as Tobago. Right, right, Tobago. And then he was headed out to Las Vegas, but he only made it out to Needles. <laughs> Ah, yes, indeed. And acupuncture is nothing without a needle. That's uh, true. Yeah. yeah. And needles would be the ketchup to the mustard that is pins. It can be. Pins and needles and needles and pins. That's what I'm getting for Christmas. Yo, that's, you know, you can never, I mean, it's a stocking stuffer more than a main gift, but still needles and pins. Listen, if you have oh, to do what to do, it's important stuff. All right, we'll take a little break away from the interview and get to our second burst of Durst from June 21st, 2019, A Rash of Lies, in which our intrepid correspondent skips through all the psychobabble and tells it like it is. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about our lion president. There's no other way to put it. According to the Washington Post, he's closing in on 11,000 lies since taking the oath of office, which was about 900 days ago, averaging out to be about 13 lies a day. Donald Trump is the undisputed heavyweight champion of lying, holds the Guinness Book world record for making stuff up. He lies, and then he lies about lying, and then he lies about lying about lying. Even if he said he were lying, he'd be lying which is metaphysically difficult. And these aren't clever or complicated lies. 
What reason would he have to say that his father was born in Germany when he was born in New York? Nobody cares, but he keeps saying it. He lies because it is his nature. He lies because he's good at it. He lies to stay in practice. And then he'll deny telling the lie, even though there's tape of him saying it out loud. In a press conference after Helsinki, he said he didn't see any reason why Vladimir Putin would interfere in our elections. And after everyone, including his own staff, flipped out, he said what he meant to say was he didn't know what he wouldn't have, which doesn't make any sense. In a recent interview with George Stephanopoulos, he said he didn't see anything wrong with accepting dirt on opponents from foreign powers and that he'd do it again. The very day after the interview aired, he said he never said that. The man is responsible for more bad lies than all of his golf courses put together after a month-long strike by the groundskeepers. He goes so far beyond pathological liar, psychologists are going to have to name a new condition after him. Hope it's something that comes with a rash. <laughs> For Succotash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. This episode of Succotash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TrumpPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. TrumpPoetry.com. Yes, TrumpPoetry.com. So, our selected reading, we have two from this July. The first one is number 552, from July 18th, 2019. And now, a list of evidence, he touts, that one's dissent should call for deportation. To salt the bleeding fissure of our nation, a rally chant as if by soccer louts. Impassioned crowd rings out with center back. A mob shall solve the problems at our core. While leaders punt on what this country's for, it's hard to see recovery from our lack. The market's up, so tell me, what's the fuss? Our policies, dark secrets poorly kept? America so steeped in moral debt, while others pay the bitter price for us. The world, I fear, will need to take a bath, should it survive our neo-fascist path. And then, from July 25th, 2019, number 545. From neither side he stooped to take the bait with answers in few words and often terse. No revelations came to fuel the verse. Was Muller's testimony worth the wait? While one side fumed and spewed about a coup, the other probed for fodder to impeach. Yet Muller, taciturn beyond their reach, referred to his report as if on cue. The facts his team assembled in those pages, a cautionary tome for those to follow, an image of a future hard to swallow, corrupt beyond the finger-pointing rages. His statements cast a measure of aspersion. Our leader must have watched a different version. All right, let's continue this chats episode with Jesse Camp. Carl, really quickly, Tyson and I oh, wanted to know how are you gonna how are you gonna um, how are you gonna top a Chase Atkins concert, or are you kind of done for the evening at this point, or is there still more about... fun more fun to be had at the fair? Going singing Three Dog Night at a karaoke. Hmm. Oh. That's fun. What? 
Which which tune would you do? Jeremiah, I'm a bullfrog, Joy to the World? Never, never, never. Um, either the, uh, what is that song, The Ink is Black, The Page is White, or Never Been to Spain. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, these are, you know, these are obscure for your everyday person, not for your Three Dog Night major fan, but like, you know. Uh, well, it's kind of like a, kind of like a bisexual, transsexual bar. I go there because they got the best fans. They, they love me the best. I get the best feedback, and uh, mm-hmm. but sometimes you know they want to hear Journey, but I'm not going to give them that neurotypical shit. I'm going to take it to the next level. I'm going to elevate their consciousness. Nice. Thank you so much. Might as well be a three dollars. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people, like also. You know, you look a lot like Chuck Negron of Three Dog Night. You have a, a very fantastical mustache. Yeah, but I I don't have as easy of a time getting that hair in. Where did he get all that heroin? Heroin or heroin? Heroin. Open up a window. Let's air into this room. I'm fucking gagging from the smell of stale perfume. That is known as Carl's. So, Carl, you're on your way to a karaoke bar in the Castro. Yeah, I'm going to sing some Cracker. Not in the Castro. That's San Francisco. What is the um, area of San Diego again? The, um... No, I'm not going to Hillcrest. Hillcrest is a wonderful place. Now, I'm going to uh, North Park. we got a place there called Red Wing. That's where we went and did that karaoke duet. Uh, so good. Way back when. So good. Do do do. She exactly. So good. Hurt so good. Hurt so good. And Bloomington, Indiana. Yes. You know what? I'll tell you. They're blood dangerous. Did I yeah. ever tell you about the time that Marisha, that my sister and I, we actually went, uh, we tracked down where John Mellencamp, like, home studio, art studio was in fucking Bloomington and, and like, dropped by, and they, the band was actually, oh, my God, this is a great July 4th story. In mm. fact, this shit probably happened about this time, maybe 10 years ago, but I, uh, we, my sister and I were on a road trip. We wanted, we're big John Mellencamp fans. We went to his hometown, Seymour, then we went to Bloomington, like the college town where he lives now. And, uh, you know, at the time, well, we just asked around, and people were, you know, there, he's just like a local, and so people were like, yeah, his house is blah, blah. We found his house, we just, like, drove our car right up to it, and we heard music coming from there, and we knocked on the door, and uh, his band was rehearsing without him, and then he dropped in later, but the band said, yeah, you can come just watch our rehearsal. Crazy-ass fucking story, and I was just going to say... That, um, yo, that was a couple of days before July 4th because they were practicing for a July 4th concert in Boston that year. And, uh, yo, so there you go. Just had to throw that story in there like a fucking 
attention needing person. Oh, that's good. But um, oh, that's very, that's very cool. Thank you for that. Okay. I always thought that the, uh, the 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 riff, the Michael Jackson guitar riff for Black and White, reminded me of Hurt So Good when I first heard it. It's a very similar. Yeah, yeah, similar. Hey, by the way, the best thing. Oh. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, and then I'm going to shut up, is that album um, that has Hurt So Good on it and also has Jack and Diane, that um, a lot of the arrangements on that album were actually done by uh, Mick Ronson, who was, um, you know, uh, David Bowie. Samantha Ronson's brother? No, that's Mark, Mark Ronson. Ronson. <laughs> who, um, also has a, yeah, like, they, yeah, that's so different. Um, no relation to Charles Bronson? Oh hmm. no, I don't think so. Action Jackson or Charles Charles Fr- Have you seen Death Wish three? <laughs> no. High fidelity. You know there's like six of them no, now. That, yeah, yeah. What do you think of Death Wish Death Wish three is the one that that where he's like battling all these punk rock people and shit. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, that's beta high that's beta high fidelity book. It's the second yeah, time in the what I'm I'm saying is well, so Carl, I understand that you recently um, walked into a Joanne's fabric and you were profusely masturbating, and um, somehow you didn't get arrested for this. <laughs> uh, I was only I was only uh, detained. Okay, on suspicions of secreting bodily fluid in a Joanne's fabric, and I just kept all I had to do was all I had to do was I had to repeat. Over and over again. Am I being detained? Am I being detained? And they're like, are you masturbating? And I'm like, I do not answer questions. I do not answer questions. And they're like, were you jacking off? And I was like, I do not answer questions. I am traveling through time. I am nothing but a traveler. And then I reenacted about the first 15 minutes of that uh, that uh, video of uh, Black or White by Michael Jackson where he beats the fuck out of a car and then he turns into a Black Panther. That's what I did, but I turned into like a white tiger. Ooh. Ah, you know what? Do you think that him turning into Black Panther was at all a, um, a, a nod or a homage to the late 60s um, Black Power group? To, to the, oh, I, I never put two and two together that the fucking Black Panther, the superhero, is also, well, duh, Black Panther, and that character is probably created in the Marvel Universe around the late 60s, oh, yeah. so fuck. And he also was on top of a car at one point. <laughs> ah. Yeah. There you go. Black Panther. Picar- cool. Yo, My favorite Black Panther is Kareem Abdul-Jafar, okay? Hmm. Come on. Game of Death. He's a lanky panther. And Jenny from Forrest Gump. She was really good. Hmm. Jenny Wright. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that Robin Wright, right. um, that Sean Penn had actually directed his, his then wife, Robin Wright Penn, in a, um, in a theatrical version of Black Panther that was never released. A, a version of what that was never released? Um, Black Panther. That they, it was just, it was, it had a lot of black face in it, and so it's probably best that it didn't get put out there. But um, what I was going to say is that Carl, you were also right about that. You see all these like videos people put up on YouTube about like 
what to like know your rights and like you know like they're at a DUI checkpoint and they're like they get their their phone filming and then they, that's how they like basically like you know for any unlawful stop that's how they do it. It's like am I being detained? I'm sure yeah, like, for unlawful carnal knowledge. Mm-hmm. You can. O U eight one two. You be forty. Sammy Hagar. Tyson, you get a thousand dollars right now in cash delivered to you in Arcana, California. If you can tell me, man. What band released these two albums back to back? O U eight one two and for unlawful carnal knowledge. Is that Van Halen? Without looking it up on Google. Is that is that Van Halen? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Hooray. There is, I have an exotic parrot that's doing deliveries of cocaine in your area, and he's going to come by with the 1,000 in a minute. Alrighty. I'll His just... name is Gary, but the R is silent. Be like, yeah, what? So <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's somebody here now. Inside. What is An that? inside joke. <laughs> Huh? Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gary, oh, it's me, friend. Jesse. I need two eight balls. Oh, and you're referencing the infamous TMZ performance of 2007. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Totally made up. Completely like, made up. <laughs> That's a genuine question for the podcast that, that even Armantown don't ask, I mean, forgot to ask is that hmm. the infamous, if you're familiar with this test, and if you look up Jesse Camp TMZ video, whatever, it's like I'm on the phone, but I saw TMZ were there, not even like because they were wanting to fuck with me, just because it was outside of this MTV TRL party and anyway, basically I just pretended that I was on the phone with like um with with my drug dealer ordering two eight balls just to like fucking do something like retarded in front of TMZ, but mm-hmm. I was not actually ordering two eight balls. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't think I saw that clip, but I did see the thumbnail for it. So now I'll keep that in mind when I do watch it. Yes, definitely. I saw um, I saw the Uber jalopy. Tyson, Sorry. Yes. Tyson, I feel like we've been, like, taking over the show. Like, is there anything that you wanted to address or any questions that you really, that, that I mean, because we could do multiple nights, too. Like, anytime you want to have us back on, we're on. But is there anything that, that you really... Do you want it to um, address or any, you know what I'm saying? Like, did you want oh. to talk about the T20 summit? Or did you want to talk about, oh. you know, um, which of, Carl, which of the Democratic candidates um, at the debate do you, do you have a Democratic candidate, Camilla Harris, uh, Cory Booker? Uh, no. Who do, you want, who do you want to get the nomination, Carl? Well, last time for the Democratic nomination, I was pulling for a guy named Jim Webb. Unfortunately, the mass media, they sabotaged his career. Now, Jim Webb? What's that guy's name? Pete Buttigieg? Uh, Alfred E. Oh, Newman? Uh, I like him. Buttigieg. I'm going for... Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, I like... Yeah, I like... Mayor Pete, Pete Booty. I like Pete Booty Warrior and, 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 and Alfred E. Newman ticket. Hmm. I'm voting for those guys. What about Elizabeth Warren? Um, well, you know, I'm not voting on looks alone, okay? <laughs> She's the hottest. So we'll let you go. Uh, thank you for being uh, on, Thanks, sir. guys. Thank you. Tyson, 
I can't I can't wait till uh, we get together with Freeway Ricky Ross up in Mendocino and Humboldt and get uh, weird. All right, we'll see you, sounds, see you next time. Sounds good. Thank Carl, you, sir. Carl, for right now, I got a Humboldt. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. And uh, Enjoy the karaoke. Well, that All was... right, Tyson, we got, we got, Carl had to jump off. I could hear that, that he was definitely, um, he wanted to chase down the Trace Atkins show with um, some, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, some vaginal uh, east of, um, of the east. But, um, it's funny hey, how it, so listen, I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to, um, hey, you know what, you know what, just really quickly, just to get it out of our system, mm-hmm. you know what would be really just, I'm dying to do with you just really quickly. Is, um, are you, do you know about Flying J? Flying J, the, the, uh, the uh, gas station? Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah, there was one in Eureka at one point. The Flying J, uh, they, they were sort of up and down the coast, I think, for a while. Yeah, yeah. The Flying J is like a, a national kind of truck stop chain. And, um, and, um, but, but basically, I, I love making prank phone calls and, and I bet we could do a funny one together. But name a state anywhere, like any of the 50 states. Any like one, states. like a place that you'd want to call right now, like just to be like, well, I wonder what the fuck they're doing there. Hmm. Okay. Um, Wyoming. <laughs> All right. Let's, okay. Let's call. Oh, okay. Awesome. See now, and, be, I say that because I've been through Wyoming and I didn't see one person. So I imagine there's somebody there. Yeah, that's a very barren state. I think that the population of Wyoming. Well, I, I mean, I don't know how it compares to North South. Dakota or Montana, but I think that 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 uh, Wyoming only has like five hundred thousand people in the in the um, in the state. I tell you, I remember the first time I ever um, was in Wyoming. I think I was maybe like twenty years old or something. And I was on a road trip and I or I was in Denver, Colorado, and then I realized, oh, Wyoming is just like you know, um, it's only like an hour and a half north of there. There's like this place called Cheyenne, mm. and it was like a Sunday night and. Um, and I was just by myself, so I just drove from, like, Denver up to um, to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and it was pretty dead except for this one giant bar slash bowling alley slash pool hall, and I walked in, and they were playing Pantera's Cowboy from Hell, um, and uh, and this is Sunday, and it was, like, maybe, like, 10 kind of cowboy people, but they were, like, early 20s kind of cowboy guys, and they were not happy, and this was just a little after... Um, that, that movie, Boys Don't Cry, that real story had happened mm-hmm. where uh, there's a college town just uh, about an hour west of Zion called Laramie where, where they had beaten a gay kid. I want to say his name was Matthew Shepard to death. And so, not that I, you know, was like coming off like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm playing boy in your pool hall, but it was just like you could just smell a weird vibe. Every time I go through Wyoming, it's like I feel like the people are not happy. They're, like, so angry and bitter and shit. And it's just like, you know, there's no guns. Well, I get economic hmm. things that would keep you there or whatever, but it's still like, you know, I don't know. I mean, you're pretty close to fucking Colorado, but I think that Wyoming makes a whole lot of money now by being so anti-pot that it's just they're just waiting for someone, like, to come through, like, from Denver to head back into Wyoming so they can make a big to-do of it. But what about... Let's call um, um, uh, Flying J in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Okay, here oh, we go. Okay, so uh, what's the bit? I'll just take follow your lead. 
Hello? Hello, this is Flame J. Hi there, this is Matthew Gonard. How are you? Good. Hey, who's, who is, is Charlene working there tonight? Uh, no. Okay, okay, that's for the best. Uh, the last time I was, uh, passing through Cheyenne there, uh, I came into the Flying Tray, and, uh, it was, it was kind of late in the evening, and it was just me and Charlene, and we got to talking, and then her shift ended, and then she came back with me to spend the evening in my truck and um i just said something that offended her we were talking about uh the hangover movies and she said that her favorite hangover was number two and i just kind of was like oh my god it's got to either be one or three she got pissed off uh and just you know it was a whole to do so i was just you know if I'm going to be there tonight, I was hoping maybe that she wouldn't be there because it just didn't want it to be awkward, you know? Okay, well, I don't know who you're talking about because I'm new. So is there anything uh, that I can help you with? Yes. Charlene is, uh, she's, I would say, uh, more of a heavy set lady, probably a little north of 200 pounds, but really sweet. I mean, I made several overtures to her to uh, try to win her back. I even sent her a Blu-ray copy of Hangover 2, but that was just it. It was like I said the wrong thing, and then it was like I couldn't I couldn't move things backwards, you know. I had overplayed the bass, you know. I, I was kind of slapping a funky one. I mean, cause okay, well, look, I'm new. I don't know what you're trying to, to get from me, but... If you oh, no, talk, I, I don't have time. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, I'm so sorry. Didn't mean to eat up your evening. I was just uh, calling to see if Charlene... Is Charlene not working there at all anymore? Do you have a co-worker I don't even, there? I don't even know the name, okay? Okay, she's about 240 pounds, and she's African-American, and she uh, always... Look, I'm going to tell you one more time, like I told you the third time, I don't know who you're talking about. Okay, maybe she doesn't work there anymore. Have a good night. Okay. Well, that was something. And yo, and there you go. And oh no, his he disconnected. Yes, so as you can tell, we experienced a little technical difficulties there, but uh, we got back on the phone not that long later and talked more. So I think that's a pretty good place to leave the episode, and I wanted to make sure that. I included the links on social media for Jesse Camp, so they are at Josiah Camp on Twitter and Instagram. That is at J-O-S-I-A-H-C-A-M-P. Monsters of Rock is on Instagram at M-O-N-S-T-E-R-S-O-F-R-O-C-K. And Dash Radio is D-A-S-H-R-A-D-I-O on Instagram. And now the third and final burst of durst for the show from June 28th, 2019. Ambient Thunderdome, in which our intrepid correspondent casts a practice but jaundiced eye on the current crop of potential Democratic candidates and their debating maneuvers. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the Democratic Party debates. And those words are, pass the no-dos, please. Oh my god, it was like Ambient Thunderdome. Twenty go in, six remain awake. There were two two-hour debates between the 20 front runners, meaning that four of the two dozen candidates weren't included. 
and they would have to be considered the big winners here. The two ways to qualify for Miami were either 6,500 unique donors or 1% support in three sanctioned polls. 1%. That's only 1% more than either you or I have. And with such a crowded panel, the goal each night was to find some way to stand out from the pack. Some tried to do it visually. Elizabeth Warren wore purple and Tulsi Gabbard red. Jay Inslee wore a green tie because he's the environmental candidate. Andrew Yang didn't wear a tie because he's cool. Eric Swalwell wore an orange ribbon to honor the victims at Parkland. And Bill de Blasio was tall. Others stood up by their actions. Beto O'Rourke, Cory Booker, and Julian Castro spoke Spanish. Elizabeth Warren had more plans than there are blueprints to the Pentagon. Kamala Harris jumped on Joe Biden so hard she might be accused of elder abuse. And then Bernie Sanders piled on in what has to be considered a grisly instance of gray-on-gray crime. There was shouting, accusations, elbows, headbutts, and a couple of kicks to the groin. The only thing everybody agreed on was Donald Trump needs to be a one-term president. The next round of debates is five weeks away in Detroit, and already 21 candidates have qualified for those. So they're going to have to come up with a tiebreaker to get it down to the desired 20. I wonder what they'll use. Indian wrestling or knife throwing? For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. You can reach out to Will Durst on Twitter at Will Durst, that is at W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T. You can go to WillDurst.com to find the Will Durst Journal, which is comedy for people who read or know someone who does. And this concludes this portion of our Suckatash Chats episode with Jesse Camp. I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have, and you'll be back to listen to our next episode, which is more likely to be a clips episode, because I've been listening to some soundcasts that I really want to share with you next time. I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoy sharing each and every soundcast that I clip for the show. Part of the enjoyment that I derive from my journey around the internet is the opportunity to listen to people have conversations, and tell stories, and play games, often with sound effects. I'll be drawn in by the promise of a subject I might happen to be interested in at that point in time, and quite often I will find myself researching things that I had not previously heard of until they were mentioned on a soundcast somewhere. And that will invariably lead me to find another soundcast that I had not previously been aware of for one reason or another, and I will likely be clipping that soundcast for a future clips episode. And then you will get a taste of a soundcast that may or may not have ever been on your radar. Who knows? How do you find the soundcast or casts that you listen to? I'll take my answer out there. Thank you again for listening, and if you would be so kind, could we possibly ask you, nay, implore you to please pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash Chats, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on Donder, on Blitzen, on iHeartRadio, and on... <laughs> a laughable app. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at TysonSaner at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll call number, 
You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us by using our direct upload link at itail.com slash you slash Succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, hosted by Tyson Sainer. Our executive producer is Mark Hershon. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye. Goodbye.